Because I'd be lying to you if I said that I never struggled. When I first became a Christian, you, you know, it's weird. It wasn't that I didn't want to be blessed. I just didn't think I could be. Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Anchor Church Podcast. It is our desire at the Anchor to provide a place for you to know God, find freedom, discover your God-given purpose, and ultimately make a difference in the world around you. Each week, the Anchor Podcast features Sunday sermons. You can follow along in this podcast episode and read the sermon notes on our website by visiting theanchor.me. Now, let's get into the Word. Amen. If you, if you have your Bible, uh, I want to show you something real quick before we dive in, just in coordinates to what Brother Angelo shared a while ago. I just want to encourage you with something. Uh, if you have your Bible, turn to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. If that's on your phone or if that's on the, the real deal, the paper book, praise God. I like paper. If you're there, say, oh yeah. All right, let's look at verse 6. Just in essence, I'm trying to, what I want to do is maybe take a moment, just kind of capture what I feel like the Lord was trying to share with us a while ago. But he says this, says, be anxious for nothing. Somebody say nothing. Nothing. It says, but in everything by prayer and supplication with what? Thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. It says, in the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So in essence, we realize that is really come before the Lord in prayer and laying out our burdens, Right. But really to try to capture what, what the opportunity that we have when we come to worship God, this is what happens. We, we in essence, take our gaze off of all of our issues and all of our problems and the, the difficult circumstances that we might be facing. Uh, because even though we're saved, how many of you guys know we still face some of those things, right? And so uh, in those moments, we have a choice. We can stare at all that stuff and let it eat us alive, or we can do what the next part says. It says, finally, brethren, says, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, Whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. In essence, when you worship, you get to meditate on those things because you're meditating on who God is. And what's the next part? It says, the things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, watch this, and the God of peace will be with you. Amen. Amen. So, you know, listen, in worship... Uh, it's not about just about, oh, I like that song and hey, whatever, that's a cool one. I can kind of, you know, tap my foot and clap my hands, sing to that. It's really about in worship, there's a divine exchange that happens. And that divine exchange is, yes, as I'm exchanging, in essence, I'm pouring my love out on God. But at the same time, guess what? When we begin to love on God, there's an old song that I really like. It says, when love starts singing, you can't help. Uh, basically, you don't stay away when love starts singing. And so uh, he comes, and when he comes, he is the Prince of Peace, and he begins to move in our hearts. Amen? Amen. So that was free. So um, um, two quick things real quick before we, before we dive in here. If you uh, are a regular tender to Monday night prayer, kind of due to the holidays and some circumstances, we're actually canceling it tomorrow night. So if you show up, we won't be here. Uh, feel free to, you know, whatever, do a Jericho march around the building or whatever you want to do. But, uh, you, you know, uh, you can pray, but we won't be here. And uh, also, I would just want to say this. Uh, for you guys that were so generous last week and you gave to uh, the Curtis family, uh, you know, just on their behalf, they, you know, they were totally blown away. And they just wanted me to express to you guys uh, you know, thank you for your generosity. Carol's surgery went well. And, uh, you know, anyway, so just keep praying. That, you know, there's a long way to go in all that. So for both of them. So keep praying that God will, you know, bring healing to their body and he'll continue to provide for them. Amen? Amen. Real quick, if you were here last week, wave your hand at me. 
So yeah, I won't judge everybody else. But listen, if you were here last week, you, you might remember uh, us talking about the, the gift of righteousness. The gift of righteousness. In essence, you know, from a theological standpoint, we talked about the doctrine of justification. But today, I want us actually to turn our attention to the blessing of righteousness. So if you're taking, note, taking notes today, I want to talk to you about the blessing of righteousness. Let's pray one more time and we will hop into this. So, Father, thank you for today. Lord, I thank you for every person that's here. Lord, you have certainly called us to be people of righteousness. And, uh, Father, we just thank you today that we have the opportunity to walk with you and to serve you and to love you. And, Lord, we just pray today that as we open up our hearts wide, God, that you would come and you would just uh, just come and increase our faith, God, to believe the Bible today. So, Holy Spirit, do what you do best, and that's to teach us and change our lives. Thank you for the anointing today to preach your word, but also to hear it and to receive it by faith. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Listen, you, you know, when, when we read the Bible, we find in essence that God really draws a distinct line in the sand between those who walk with him and those who do not. If you know that's true, say, oh yeah. Listen, for example, he describes a person in the Bible, either as this, as righteous or unrighteous. Another way he puts it, he says that they are righteous or they're wicked, or they're godly or they're ungodly, that they're a believer or they're an unbeliever, they're a child of light or they're a child of darkness, that they're a child of God or a child of the devil. That's not real popular. Anyways, or a sheep or a goat, or they're saved or they are unsaved. Are you getting the picture here today? Now, listen, I fully realize that that, that, that so-called, you know, hard line is in the sand, you know, isn't popular to talk about in the day we live in. But according to the Bible, there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of middle ground between those two groupings of people. If you know that's right, say, oh, yeah. Listen, to be clear, uh, you, know, this, you know, this isn't to say that, you know, everything that those people do, everything that those people from that, you know, that right column over there, everything that they, you know, say, everything they think or everything they do, it's not, it's not to say that all that's evil, right? In fact, nowhere does the Bible teach us that a non-believer, you know, is incapable of doing something good or noble. However, right, it does emphasize repeatedly that regardless of how good a non-believer is, they still need a savior and they still need salvation. Amen. Listen, the reason they need salvation is because every single person, because of Adam's fall in the garden, we were all born into that, you know, that right column over there, right? We were all born separated from God with a a sin nature that not only, you know, naturally bent us towards a lifestyle of sin, but it also made it impossible for us to somehow obtain right standing with God on our own merit, right? In other words, in our own good works, we couldn't earn righteousness with God. But as we said last week, if you were here, you'll remember, that is why Jesus came. Amen? Amen. Listen, he, he came, we know that he came out of obedience to the Father to lay down his life on the cross to be a perfect sacrifice for our sins, right? So, so that you and I would have the opportunity, if you will, for a really lack of better words, to be transferred from that right side of the column to that left side of the column. That he came so there could be a divine exchange from our unrighteousness so we could receive his righteousness. That's good news, isn't it? Listen how Paul put it one more time in Romans 5, 19. He says this. He says, one man's 
disobedience. We're talking about Adam here, okay? That one man's disobedience opened the door for all humanity to become sinners. In other words, that every person, once again, would have access. We would live in that, in that right column over there. But it says, so also one man's obedience. Now we're talking about the last Adam, who is Jesus. And we're talking about his death on the cross. That's his obedience. So also one man's obedience opened the door for man to be made perfectly right with God and acceptable to him. Somebody say righteousness. Listen, we know through many Bible verses, like the ones we read last week, that while Jesus opened up the door right for every person, the only way for a uh, person to truly walk through that open door, the only way for someone to really experience salvation and to receive God's righteousness is by receiving everything Jesus did, death, burial, and resurrection, by what? By faith, right? Now, this is why Paul said this in Romans 3.28. We did read this last week, but I want to highlight it again. It says, so our conclusion is this. We're talking about faith here. God's wonderful declaration that we are righteous. In other words, that God declares you righteous in his eyes can only come when we put our faith in Christ. I like what actually says in the verse before that. It says that when we put our faith in the finished work of the cross. So listen, here's the cool part, and we're just kind of recapping last week in essence, but, but the gift of righteousness that you and I receive by faith, literally that the moment that you and I were born again, the moment you and I surrendered our lives to Jesus, it didn't really matter what anybody else said because God said this about us. He said that we were what? Accepted by him. Please get this in your spirit, that we were declared not guilty, that we were forgiven and released from the punishment of sin, and that we were set free from the bondage and the power of sin in our lives, right? And fifthly, we were placed in the covenant, and lastly there, and it's really ultimately this, that we were made righteous, or we were put in right standing before God. That's a good feeling, yes? All right, so I kind of said all that so I could get to this point, okay? So, so tune in with me here if you can. The moment that we put our faith in the finished work of Jesus, we were not only placed in right standing before the Father, but we were also positioned to live under the blessing of righteousness. Do you get that? Now, now listen, I'm saying this because so often we live different than this. And, And so often we act different than this. And we think different than this. We talk different than this, right? And and a lot of that's because of where we're from, right? I'm I'm from Mampodunk, Redneck, Alabama, right? I mean, I grew up hearing all you know the opposite of all of this. And uh, and you know, listen, just it, it's amazing how what we learn from our families, we learn from the regions we're in. But how many of you guys know that we're not uh, you know citizens, quote unquote, of this region? We're citizens of the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. So, so listen, I, I want us to, to talk here for a minute about the blessings of righteousness. And just kind of start off here. Look at what the psalmist said in Psalms 58, 11. It says, men will say, surely there's reward for the righteous. Surely there is a reward for the righteous. I could also take us to 2 Samuel and a few other scriptures in Psalm, but, but that one will suffice. That surely there's a reward. Somebody say reward. For the righteous. And so, so how does God, uh, how does he reward the righteous? He, he rewards us simply by this, by imparting his blessings into our lives. He rewards us by imparting his blessing into our lives. And so, so real quick, so 
All of us can be on the same page here. The, the biblical word for bless uh, suggests this, and, and you can kind of read along with me here. But it, but it suggests that an individual is happy. God forbid that we would be happy. <laughs> right? Most people want to walk around and, and look like they've been sucking on lemons, right? And saying they love Jesus. But, but the, the biblical word for blessed suggests that individual is happy. Guess what? That they're prosperous. Did you know that the Bible actually says that God delights in the prosperity of his servants? Amen. So listen, they're happy. They're prosperous. They're successful. They're content. They're fortunate. Watch this. The world looks at them and they are envied. That there's a, literally, that they live with a condition in which congratulation is in order. That people literally want to congratulate you because of your life. That's pretty cool, yeah? So, so the word bless is a grace word that expresses the special joys and satisfaction granted to the person who has experienced salvation. That's so opposite, you know, of what I saw as a kid when it came to the church world. When I got, when I got you know, when I went to my, my dad and stepmom's house that takes us to church, I, I saw this mentality that, bless God, we're going we're gonna to somehow suffer and fight through this thing. And hopefully one day, you know, we'll be able to get to the other side. We'll make it across the Jordan, and then maybe we'll be at peace. That's not that. Right. So, so listen, with, with that definition of mine, you know, I'm not completely sure, but, but some Christians really struggle with the idea that God wants to bless them. Yes, I, and, and I'll say this honestly, because I'd be lying to you if I said that I never struggled, you know, with that same thought. And it was mainly because of things I was taught when I, when I first became a Christian. When I first became a Christian, um, you, you know, it's weird. It wasn't that I didn't want to be blessed. I just didn't think I could be. Right. And, and in this sense, my perception literally was this for years that that if that here I am, because, you know, the moment that I came to Jesus, I knew I was going to preach the gospel. That scared the crap out of me. Right. <laughs> Pardon my French there, but it scared me. Right. And, uh, you, you know, how come it has to be French, by the way? I, I, maybe that's <laughs> ask some of you, you Frenchies in here. I don't know. Anyway, so listen. You, you know, listen, but I literally thought for years, man, if I'm going to answer God's call on my life, then in essence, I'm accepting the fact that I'm going to live in poverty. I thought that. I thought scriptures like, well, you know, Jesus didn't have anywhere to lay his head, so I'm not either. You know, and there was things that I took and things that I heard about the disciples and all this stuff that was really out of context. And, and I thought, man, that, you know, I'm going to basically be broke as a joke for the rest of my life. Anybody with me today? Listen, and it's funny because I can, I can still vividly remember the day that I went to prayer. I remember exactly the building I was in. I know exactly where I was standing. I know what time it was. And, and you know, one time, I, anyways, this day that I walked in and I was praying, and, and I felt an impression by the Holy Spirit to, to actually thank the Father that I was blessed. Right? That, so I'm sitting there, you know, Holy Spirit, what do you want to pray about today? And I hear you need to thank the Father that you're blessed. Now, um, I can't begin to tell you how strange it felt to hear those words come out of my mouth because that's not where my thinking was at, right? And, and listen, if you would have looked at my life, I was 25 years old, newly married, right? Almost everything that I owned was hand-me-down that was either not in good shape 
or it was, you know, 20 years out of date. Bless God for people, right? You, you know, listen, yeah, I was working, you know, 40 hours a week, but I was, I was barely bringing home $11,000 a year, and I got this new wife, and now I'm trying to rent this place, and I got these bills, and, and at the end of every month, I mean, I cannot tell you, and she, she can bear witness here, how many times we looked at the bank account, and we had four bucks left in the bank, and we're going, we got to live off $4 for this week, right? That, no pressure, right? Um, so, you, you know, listen, if someone would have looked at my life, you, you know, and, and tried to describe it, the word blessed would not have been one of it. Sure, they said, yeah, he loves God, he's passionate, he can pray the house, and he can do all these things, but blessed would not have been one of them, right? And, you know, it's kind of funny to think about it, and, and Jen will tell you, you know, I, I don't know how many times before we would go to church, we would, we would hold hands and we would pray, and we'd say, God, will you please speak to somebody today and, uh, and that they would invite us over to their house for lunch, or am I lying? Or that they would take us out to eat today. Th- 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 you prayed that. I got a good memory. We prayed that. <laughs> I promise you we did. And 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 so 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 listen listen. How many of you guys know you can only eat so many ham sandwiches, and and how and and ramen noodles, right? And so so truth is, is man, God answered that prayer a whole lot. Thank God for people who you know, looked upon us and I don't know, maybe I sucked in a little bit. I don't know, whatever. But anyway, so listen, as, as awkward as it felt to, to say those words, guess what? I obeyed. Please hear me today. I obeyed not once, but every single day for months, I would say these words, father, I thank you that I am blessed. And I would repeat those words again and again, and again, and I can't explain it. You may think I'm weird, and it's fine, but, but I would literally, when I would say those words, I would feel, literally feel the pleasure of the Lord come upon me, and, and, and it took me a minute to realize, because sometimes I'm not that quick, uh, but, but it took me a minute to realize that, man, God was trying to renew my mind so that I could come into agreement with him rather than what the lie that I had chosen to believe. Please hear me today. Listen, since those days, I've come to learn this, that our Heavenly Father is like any loving parent. He wants to bless his kids. Amen. So, listen, after all, did Jesus not come so that we might have an abundant life? The Bible doesn't say he came to give us a struggle life. He came to give us an abundant life. Amen. So, to be clear here, and I wish I could maybe take a little bit more time in this section, but I won't. So, hopefully, it's kind of clear it up. But in case anybody's sitting here thinking simply this... You know, listen, God wants to bless us financially. Okay? Now listen, that, that blessing is always in accordance to our assignment. Right? If you're a school teacher, you're not going to be a millionaire. But, but, but listen, God's blessing simply means this, that he will meet all your needs and you'll have enough left over to be a blessing to others. That is the prosperity of God. Okay? So, so listen... Please listen to me. But if we limit his blessings to nothing more than monetary gain, uh, we're really selling the blessings of God short in our lives. Amen. So, so listen, God has, God has way, uh, a lot more ways intended for our lives than just to bless us in one area. So let's open up our heart today, okay? In fact, with, this, with that kind of thought in mind, listen to this verse. In 3 John, we don't often go to 3 John, but listen to this verse. It says, Beloved, I pray that in every way. Somebody say every way. It says, every way you may succeed and prosper and be in good health, physically, right? Just as I know your soul prospers spiritually. 
So in essence, God wants us to prosper and be in whatever and, and receive these blessings in spirit, soul, and body. Right? So listen, God desires to bless us, what I'm saying, to get it real practical in every single area of our lives. So listen, real quick, just out of curiosity, by a show of hands, how many guys actually say, man, I want, to, I want to experience God's blessing in my life? Okay? And if you don't, then hey, keep your hand down, you know? I just think, who wouldn't want it? Yes, who wouldn't? So, all right, so let's shift gears here. Let's shift gears here a little bit. When we actually sit back, we begin to consider all the ways that God blesses the righteous, I, I, I want to be clear here. We're not talking about just a few ways, okay? We're not talking about just a few ways. Uh, you know, I've actually spent the past couple of days, you know, we, with the help of some of my friends, trying to narrow down this list of somewhere between 40 to 50 ways that the Bible talks about that God blesses us. And I want you to know, to narrow that list down is not an easy thing, okay? And the truth is, is that 40 to 50 wasn't even all that God says, Okay, that was, just a, that was just a chunk of it that you could somehow put in language to go, okay, here it is. And uh, so what I did is, is I settled on six. Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share six of well over 50 blessings that God wants to move in your life. Okay, just to hope that, that you would somehow grab a hold of this, that meant that God is for you. Yes. Amen, and we'd start living like it. Amen? Amen. First one, here we go. God blesses the righteous by, number one, watching over them. All these are pretty simple, pretty basic, by watching over them. Listen to Psalms 34, 15. It says, the eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right. Other translations, those who are righteous. It says, his ears are open to their cries for help. Now, I want you to understand something here, okay? You know, so often... You know, it's almost like we, we paint a picture of God as if he's Santa Claus. And we tell our kids, you know, he knows when you're naughty and when you're nice. And, and you know, listen, it goes way beyond just God scoping your life out. Okay, in other words, because he cares for you, he's always watching over you, right? He, you know, in fact, I, re, I remember, it's just coming to me at the moment, I remember one day being in prayer, in pre-service prayer down in North Carolina, and, and uh, our little girl was like a year and a half old, now she's 12, and, and she was uh, running around the room. And I remember I just kept watching her. And the reason I was watching her was to make sure she didn't run into something, Okay, you, you, you know, if you think, well, okay, whatever, one time, side story, such a rabbit trail. They were, playing after, they were playing after church, and she had her beautiful little white Alabama thing exactly like this, and she was running, and she turned and slammed right into a wall. It was awesome. Nose went, poof, blood went all over that nice Alabama. She stained it with crimson. It was awesome. Anyways, but anyways, but I remember, but I remember watching over Michaela. She was kind of running around the room, and I heard the Lord say, I watch over you in the same way, right? And once again, it wasn't like, oh, you know, are you going to get in trouble? It was simply like this, because I care for you. I want to make sure you're okay, right? Okay, so, so listen, in this whole idea that God's watching over, over us, this reassures us that God doesn't miss a single detail of our lives. That may not mean much to you, but that means a lot to me. Right, and and it, and it means this that that if listen that God sees the things. Please don't miss this. That God sees the things that we are aware of, and the things we are not aware of, because you realize you don't see everything that's going on in your life, 
right? And listen, thankfully, by God's awareness, that leads him to do what? It leads him to protect us in our lives. Listen to this verse in Isaiah 54, verse 17. It says, but in that coming day, no weapon turned against you will succeed. I want to pause there for a minute. Notice that it doesn't say that a weapon won't come against you. It just says that weapon will not succeed. Right? And it says, you will silence every voice raised up to accuse you. These benefits, these benefits what? These benefits of protection are enjoyed by the servants of the Lord. Their vindication will come from me. Right? Listen, please listen. Because the Lord watches over us, he is able to protect us and deliver us from all trouble, even from the unexpected attacks of the enemy. Watch this. Is that physically? Yes, but man, financially. Watch this. And we'll go more on this maybe next week. But when you live righteously, guess what? Even if something comes to you that you didn't expect financially, right? Because you have been tithing and giving offerings, because you've been living according to his systems. Guess what? The Bible actually says, it's the only place in the whole Bible that says he'll rebuke the devourer for your sake and the area of your finances. That's it. Did you know that? Malachi chapter 3. Right? So watch this. Number two. Secondly, God blesses the righteous with, this is probably my favorite one, with favor. With favor. The Bible says in Psalms 512, it says, Surely, Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with your favor as with a shield. That God literally surrounds us with his favor. I hope you like that. Now, now watch this. Rather than defining the word favor, I actually want to actually want to tell you a story and give you an example of what favor looks like. And I and and there's I want to share the story very intentionally. I'm sharing this particular story with you. Watch this. Some of you guys that have been here for a while, I know a lot of you guys are new, but some of you guys might remember that last January, Jen and I, you know, went down to Mexico and we hung out for 10 days with, I say hung out, we did ministry for 10 days with some missionary friends of ours that the church supports from Mountain Gateway. And while we were there, I'm going to show you a picture. We met this sweet lady, okay? And, and we, met, we met her, and to kind of hold that picture there, we met her and her husband, uh, Marciano, and we met their teenage daughter and their teenage son. They were both in early teens, okay? And uh, listen, these guys are, they're, they're not Mexican, they're Nahuatl Indians, okay? And so to kind of give you an idea, flip the next picture. She lived down in that, so, so we, 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 took a, we took an extensive hike down a really steep mountain to get to her house. And I think this is her house. Let me show you. So anyways, the picture of the house is basically, it's a hut, right? And, and it's basically, uh, you know, it's, it's a hut. It's nothing fancy like what we know. So anyways, a few weeks before we got there, you can throw the picture of her back up. Uh, a few weeks before we got there, uh, her daughter uh, was instantly healed of a uh, hemorrhaging problem that she had had for over a year, okay? So, so the story goes, and some of you might remember it, but, you know, she's probably like 13, 14 years old, her daughter, I'm guessing, okay? So, so they had been to the doctor. They had been to the witch doctor. They had, they had done all these things to try to get their daughter healed, and when that didn't work, they called our friends, the missionary. I say called them, basically got word to them, and so they came down, laid hands on her, and basically prayed for her, and God instantly healed her. The bleeding stopped, Okay. Now, when you have been looking at all these things, I expect when, when Jesus walks in the house, now you're interested. Right? And so, and so that woman, her husband Marciano, and their two uh, teenage kids, they all gave their lives to Jesus. 
Now, now watch this. About a week after this, and it was kind of funny because I think some people are like, she got it, not so sure if he did. But, but a week later, Marciano made the decision that he was going to quit drinking. You got to understand, this guy had a serious drinking problem. And uh, when, he, when he made this decision, uh, as you expect, because it happened to some of you in this room, uh, his friends turned against him, right? They said, man, that's only going to last for a short time. You need to forget about that. You need to come drink with us. And this guy was really fighting the temptation of that, right? But, but watch this. On the night that he was feeling the most tempted to go back to his old ways, uh, God gave him a dream. And it's pretty cool. In the dream, I say God gave him a dream. He had a dream. In the, in the dream, a big bottle of moonshine was coming towards him, and, uh, and he was afraid because he knew it was an attack of the devil, right? And he was uh, really afraid, am I going to go back? Is this thing going to have victory, in essence, over me? But, but as soon as the bottle got close to him, uh, it disappeared and went up in smoke, and instantly Jesus spoke to him and said, basically, uh, you're free. And he, and he was delivered from alcohol from that. Now, here's what's cool. When that happened, the family got together. Once again, they live in a different culture than we do. They, they, they gathered all their idols, and they burned their idols or threw them away or whatever they did. And they made a decision as a family, we're going to live what we would call uh, righteously, and we're going to live by the Bible. Okay? Now, here's cool. I didn't know this, but since we have been there, you got to think, that had only been a few weeks uh, when we were there. Since then, uh, his, Marciano's mom and dad got saved. His brothers got saved. And all that. Now they're having church every Saturday morning in their house. And so, and even from that, just for you guys who didn't hear the rest of the story, there were six houses or six huts basically in that village in that, in that little slough there, right? That little on the side of the mountain there. All of those people have gotten saved from that little girl getting healed. Okay? So now here's why I'm sharing all this with you. Marciano's a farmer and, and he cuts trees for a living, okay? So when I say these guys uh, were dirt poor, they were dirt poor, okay? And, and his wife was an artisan, and actually you can kind of see what she has in her hand. But basically, those are things that she makes. The, the little big things there basically hold tortillas, right? They keep tortillas warm, and they're little trinkets like uh, basically, uh, if you watch Nacho, you'd know. They... Uh, <laughs> Little keychains. Anyways, so, so here's what was so neat is, is this. Is that Friday morning we went to, we went to their house. Uh, we sat there, and she began to tell us this. She said that she'd, you know, she's been making all this stuff. And every time she would go to the market, every time she would go here, this is only one street. There's a lot of streets in the big open area in front of the Catholic Church. I mean, there's like hundreds of booths, right? So a lot of competition, okay? That, that she, every time she would come, she had a really hard time selling her stuff. Nobody would buy it, right? And she told us this. She said, since we've given our lives to Jesus and begin to do what the book says, that every time she goes to Quazalan, that's Quazalan, she sells out of everything that she has. So, so here's the point, right? Is that, is that if you can grab a hold of this, that the very people who ignored her in the past were now buying from her, right? That that this is literally, watch this, that is the favor of God in action. Watch this, on behalf of the righteous. So, so it's kind of like this, that, that one of the reasons I really want to share this stuff with you is this, is so you don't look at what I'm talking about today and go, oh, well, that, that blessing stuff, that's just an American gospel. It's the gospel. That it really doesn't matter where you live in the world, that guess what, that God's favor will come upon you when you say, I'm going to live righteously before you. Are y'all hearing me today? Listen, I realize that we do live in a nation where prosperity message is preached that is out of balance. And what I'm trying to tell you today, that's just the pure gospel. 
Okay, remove the American dream out of it. It works, right? And I could tell you a hundred other stories about other folks from other countries that, that saw it in a lot of ways, in greater ways than her. But I, want, but I felt like I needed to share that one. So here's the point, though, that I want to make here. Is that when God's favor comes upon us, it causes people to look favorably upon us. When God's favor comes in our lives, it causes people to look favorably upon us. In other words, this favor causes even complete strangers to be drawn to us in an unexplainable, supernatural way. Do y'all believe that? Listen, they see us different. They think about us different. They treat us different. And this causes them to do what? To treat us in a way they wouldn't typically treat normal people. Now, it doesn't mean that there's not times where we're not persecuted for righteous sake. Let's give the other side of that in balance, right? But, but when we're talking about God's favor, it simply does this. It opens the door for God's blessings in our lives. You know, the truth is I've seen over the years, man, God's favor brings promotion. God's favor causes people who weren't doing business with you to do business with you before. It causes people who want to help you, want to partner with you, and so on and so on. Do you get the point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amen. Thirdly, God blesses the righteous with this. We're going to cruise through these. Through, uh, third thing, God blesses the righteous with provision. This is really connected in a lot of ways. Just like the story you just heard, it's connected with favor uh, that God puts on our lives. But watch this. God promises to meet our needs. And and let me give you a verse here. Psalms 37, 25. It says, I have been young and now I am old. Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken nor his descendants begging for bread. Get that. Everybody listen. It's not just for me. It's my kids too. Yes, because why? Because I live righteously before God, right? Psalms fifty-five twenty-two says this, Cast your burden on the Lord, and he shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved or to be shaken, but he shall sustain you. In other words, he promises to meet the needs of the righteous. That, and, and here's what's so cool to me, at least, is that, that this uh, assurance that knows God is going to come through produces a tremendous amount of peace in our lives. Yeah. Yes? L- listen, when you know God's going to take care of you, uh, you know, worry and, worry and fear and all that stuff just kind of goes out the door. Amen? Anxiety goes out the door. Because why? Because God is faithful to provide. Listen, I've told you stories before, but, you know, the first real pastor that I ever had, basically he came from a single mom, you know, single parent home. It was just him and his mom. I think he had a brother, and, and, and they didn't have anything, but mom knew how to pray. And he said that there were days, and once again, some of you guys might remember me talking about this, but there was days where, where the mom would basically say, okay, boys, y'all go in there and play. Uh, I, I, I'm going to go in here and I'm going to pray. And she would go in there and pray, and they knew she was praying. They knew they didn't have any food. And mom would begin to pray and pray and pray, and she'd be in there for hours. God, will you please provide for my family? Somebody would ring the door uh, or knock on the door and have a doorbell. Somebody would knock on the door, and they'd go to the door, and nobody would be there, but there would be a bunch of food sitting there. That's the provision of God, right? God provides. If you, if you want to read something that'll, that'll increase your faith, go read George Mueller's story, right? The guy that, the guy that basically had all these orphans, and, and they didn't take any donations. They didn't have weekly, I mean, you know, monthly people sending money and all that. They literally would pray every meal in for years. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner, they would literally go, we don't have any milk for the kids tomorrow morning. Put the kids to bed, and they, the leadership, they'd stay and they'd pray. And they'd wake up, and there was stuff. Why? Because God hears. God sees. He provides. He loves us, gang. Yes? Fourthly, God blesses the righteous by directing their steps. Man, is there anybody in here that, that wants to live this life without God directing their steps? 
no thank you, right? Psalm 37, 23 says this, As the steps of a good and righteous man or woman are directed and established by the Lord, and he delights in his way and blesses his path. Listen, how many times have I leaned into that promise over the last 20 years? How many times I've went, God, I don't know where we're going. God, I don't know what to do. But you said, God, right? And so, God, I'm just counting on you. And guess what? I can literally, listen, I can honestly stand before you today. And 20, whatever it is now, 22 years, whatever, 23 years I've been walking with the Lord. That promise has never failed. Not a single time. Right? Are y'all hearing me? Yes? It may not, listen to me, it may not always happen right when I wanted it to happen. But it happened. Right. When when the true timing, because once again, like we said last week, God is righteous. He's perfect. His timing's always right. Right. And so he always came through. Fifthly, here we go. God blesses the righteous by hearing their prayers. Man, you should be thankful for this. Right. I, I know a man that um, he has a ministry. He's a big old fella. He's like almost seven foot tall. He's, he's from Iran. Right. He's a big old dude. And, uh, and he said this, he said that, uh, you know, he was told as a kid and even as he got older, hey, you know, if you want Allah to, to basically hear your prayers, then you need to go say this prayer 300, 500, 600 times a day. And so he would go and he would pray and 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 pray. And he realized something, Allah never answered. And he got angry with Allah and he said, Allah, you don't want me, so I'm, I'm rejecting you. And he came to the States, and, and I wasn't planning on sharing this story, but he came to the States because he thought I could be a, he could be a model or he could be whatever, uh, an actor, but he had to learn the language first. And, uh, and he went and he sat in a church in Atlanta, Georgia, because somebody asked him to come, and he didn't want to come, and he was late. And they took his almost seven-foot-tall self and put him on the front row. <laughs> Got to like that. And he's sitting there, and he said he saw the man preaching, and he saw another guy behind him moving with the pastor. And then he said, the pastor went this way, and the guy walked down, and the guy walked, and the guy walked straight into him. That guy was Jesus. Jesus walked into him, and he said he saw heaven open up. He saw Jesus sitting at the right hand of the Father, and he saw basically, uh, he said it was like milk, basically God's presence and God's love being poured out upon him, and he just began to weep. And he said this lady grabbed a hold of him, and she began to prophesy over him. He goes, it was the best news I ever heard that God spoke through people, <laughs> that God speaks, right? Because he'd been praying all those hundreds of times. And she talked about, basically, I break this accusing spirit off of you. And the guy got free, and now the guy goes all over the place preaching Jesus. But, but here's the thing. So listen, we take for granted sometimes that he hears us, <laughs> right? Here's a guy that's doing everything he can to go, man, Allah, hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me, and nothing. But yet you and I, because Jesus dwells within us, and we have stand, a right standing with God, guess what? When we pray, he hears us. That's good news. Proverbs 15 says this. It says, the Lord is far, or he distanced himself, that's what it says in the Amplified, from the wicked. But he hears the prayers of the righteous. Watch this. Here's what's cool, though. The Lord not only hears us, but he actually says that their prayers change things. Look at James 5.16. This is probably my favorite verse on prayer. It says, the prayer of a person living right with God is something powerful to be reckoned with. Y'all look at me, please. please. Please look at me. 
If you had a real revelation of that, how could you not want to go pray? <laughs> yeah? L- listen, to give you another translation, it says that the prayers of a righteous man are powerful and effective. That your prayers, listen to me, your prayers change history. <laughs> yes? You know that old quote? Um, oh, man. See, I'm going to say, I want to say it's Aaron Burr, but I could be wrong. Um, it's, it's a history quote, but it says basically the, the only thing that it takes basically for evil to prevail is for good men to do nothing. Am I saying the right person? Is it Aaron Burr? Okay. So um, anyways, so, so, but think about that. The only thing it takes for the kingdom of darkness to prevail is for righteous people to do nothing. To not pray. But if you pray, guess what? It changes things. Amen? That is our weapon. Yes? Amen. Amen. Lastly, this right here. God blesses the righteous with, number six, with joy. With joy. Think about that as we go in this holiday season. Amen? Psalms 32, 11 says, Be glad in the Lord and rejoice. You righteous who actively seek right standing with him, shout for joy, all you upright in heart. Here's the picture I want to grab here. That when we begin to realize the effects of God watching over us, of God providing for us, of Him, uh, you know, once again, protecting us, of His favor upon us, once again, you can say His faithful provision, however you want to word it, His consistent guidance in our life, uh, His desire to hear us and answer our prayers. The the question I have is, how could we not walk in joy? Yeah? Yeah? Listen, joy transcends... Trials and tribulations, right? The joy of God supersedes whatever's going on in your life. Because why? Because you know the character and the nature of God. And you know that he's positioned you for blessing. And it's just an opportunity he's going to do something. I wish somebody would believe me today. So, so to simply ask, once again, who wants to experience the blessings of God in your life? Yeah, I do, Right? All right, listen, let me, let me give you one, one thought, and we're going to shut this thing down. Basically, that it's true to choose a life with God is to choose a blessed life. To choose a life with God is to choose a blessed life. It, it is always God's will to bless us because He loves us, right? It, let, let me stop there. Sometimes you got to see that God defines blessing a little bit different than we do. How could that be a blessing Well, you wait for the purpose of God in it? Even, even in this sense, if I can maybe stop there, I wasn't planning on saying this, but even when the Bible says in Hebrews that God disciplines his children, but it says why? So that it may produce the fruit of righteousness in your life. Right? And so God's always have a purpose, even when times are difficult and hard. Right now, discern what's of the devil and what's of God in that, please. Right? Don't say what God is doing is the devil or what the devil is doing God. Don't get mistaken and all that. Anyways, it, it is always God's will to bless us because He loves us. But if we think His blessings are entirely or solely for us to selfishly enjoy, we're really missing the point. All right. And I say that to simply say this. Let me give you a verse attached to it, and we'll and we'll be done. Genesis twelve two says this. This is God talking to Abraham. He said, I will make you a great nation. Remember, we're the seed of Abraham. He said, I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. 
grab a hold of this, right? That God blesses us so we can in turn have the ability to bless others. Can I take that to another spot? Y'all listen, please. Um, when we are living in the blessings of God once again, and, God, and God's given us the ability to be a blessing to other people, guess what? That is an opportunity. If you want to know why there, what's the purpose of that? Is because it gives us the opportunity to be like our Father. Because God is a blesser. And so what happens is, is when we begin to bless people, right, with whatever it is, however God sees fit to use it, we are getting to be an example of our Father to those people. See, maybe that's why the Bible says, and it's just whatever, Matthew 5, uh, what's it, 5, 6, 5, 16, 5, 11, it, it says, uh, basically, so let your light shine before men so that they may praise your Father in heaven. Yeah? yeah. yeah? Just a thought for you. You can stand to your feet. So, listen, in light of all of that, um, listen, we all know what this week is. Man, it's Thanksgiving, right? We, we, and listen, it is more than watching, you know, some sorry football game on TV because they never put the good teams on. Um, <laughs> it's always Detroit. I'm like, come on, Detroit. Anyways, so li- listen, and it's more than, than eating whatever our favorite food is until we go into a coma, right? Um, <laughs> Listen, it, right there, the bottom line, God has blessed us more than we will ever be able to comprehend. You and I, as born-again believers, we have a lot to be thankful for. Amen. As we sang this morning, man, we're grateful. Amen. So can we maybe just take a second and, and you know, I, just simply that. Let's just take a moment, close our eyes, and let's just thank God for his blessings in our life. Can we do that, please? I want you to actually take a moment and just go, man, actually be specific with that and thank God for his blessing. close with this verse. I've just been thinking about this the past few days. It says Psalms 112 verse 1. It's in the Amplified Bible. It says praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Blessed, fortunate, prosperous, and favored by God is the man who fears the Lord with all inspired reverence and worships him with obedience. Don't you notice the first three words. Everybody look in here please. It says praise the Lord. Man, the natural response from a grateful heart is simply that, praise the Lord. Amen. Let's pray one more time. Father, thank you for today. And Lord, we just say praise the Lord. God, we say praise the Lord. We say praise the Lord. 
Father, thank you, God, today for your many blessings on our life. God, we want to live with hearts of gratitude and hearts of thanksgiving. God, more than just on a Thursday around a table with a turkey, Lord, we want to be thankful every day. And so, Father, thank you, God, that you're helping us to live righteously before you. And God, thank you that you're helping us to be able to actually have faith and receive the rewards of heaven of what it means to walk with you as a covenant people. And so, Lord, we just thank you today for your son, Jesus. We thank you for everything that you continue to do in our lives, God, beyond just salvation. And Lord, we just say today that we love you and we honor you and we bless you today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Father, would you, last thing, I'm sorry. Father, would you give us faith to believe? And Lord, I just pray, God, that just if we're in here today and we have been taught different, uh, Father, will you let that old teaching fall off of us? And would you renew our mind to your word so that we can walk in everything that you have intended for us, God, through the covenant once again. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Can we give Jesus a hand clap? Amen. Amen, amen. Thank you guys for coming today. Listen, if you want prayer, uh, our prayer team will be up here. They'll be more than happy to pray with you. God bless you guys. Have a great Thanksgiving. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for encouragement in your walk with God and to receive updates on events happening at The Anchor. Have a great week and God bless.